Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. gentlemen i am your host blake Rafino. this is are you serious sports we hope that you guys are making it a good one we know that we are as well huge show in store for you tonight boy do we got a lot to get into um coming back off the illness feeling a lot better thank you all for your thoughts prayers concerns um feeling and doing a lot better than last week i ain't gonna lie to you <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you. It kept your boy down bad. I mean, it was round three Rocky Balboa. No, round three Rocky four Balboa. I mean, Ivan Drago, a.k.a. COVID in this situation, was kicking my Italian arse. All of, <laughs> I mean, man, kicking my butt. We're back. We're doing good. And all is well. But a huge show in store for you tonight. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Rafino's rants around the corner. If you did not uh, see it earlier, the Sharon Lewis case against LSU, the RICO charges have been dropped. The remaining of the RICO charges have been dropped by uh, the court. And Sharon Lewis's attorneys also face sanctions for their actions in these proceedings as well. We'll talk about what it means for LSU moving forward in that Rafino's Ranch. Jay Johnson, don't call it a reload. <laughs> I'm going to mix this up a little bit, but call it a rebuild. As Jack Pineda, Baylor's former Baylor shortstop, uh, commits to the Tigers today, more than likely will be your starting shortstop or and or second baseman come the beginning part of the season. But we have some good news. Pooh Bear who's joining us. Jack Pineda will be joining us tomorrow at 7.30. So do you want to know more about your short, starting shortstop for the LSU baseball team? He will be joining us tomorrow at 7.30. Looking forward to having him on. But we'll talk about that and staff updates. We'll be talking some football as well. And then we'll kick it over to our good friend Carter, the Power Bryant from Power Hour LSU. We'll talk all things LSU football. And we'll, we might dip our toes around the SEC with Carter. We might dip those toes uh, with him and uh, see what he's picking up around the SEC. Uh, LSU quarterback update. Three quarterbacks going to different locations for training this summer. We will talk about all of it uh, as Miles Brennan gears up and he is going to be attending the Manny Passing Academy uh, I'll tell you why not to freak out about it, but tell you why it is a thing. And then College World Series update. Pooh Bear will be giving us scores and live updates uh, as Ole Miss continues, continues to put the smack it down on candy asses all over Omaha uh, this week. 
uh, maybe Arkansas can come back. But this entire postseason, Ole Miss has been kicking some candy ass all up and down the field. Okay, let's get to a couple comments, though, before we get started. Nurse Court says, LOL, I just tweeted something on Sharon Lewis, the Rico BS. Uh, Pooh Bear says, will Young Thug and his legal team also beat a Rico? I don't know about that one, Pooh. Uh, I mean, they got <laughs> they got whole rap songs about Young Thug and his Rico charges with lyrics like, I went up in the block and shot a 2003 Toyota Corolla, and that dude was... Like, that's literal lyrics. I don't know, Pooh, but the man is bragging about shooting up a 03 Corolla. <laughs> Bro, I ain't trying to be rude, but... <laughs> How you gonna be a thug and shoot up a Corolla? <laughs> God bless Jesus. You gotta love it. Pooh Bear, tell me yes or no if I'm wrong. Can you be a thug and shoot up an 03 Corolla? I gotta I gotta know. I gotta know. Uh, Paul on YouTube, my good buddy, says, due process, baby. You gotta love it. Also, the advocate, I got two words for you. Um, yeah, and Paul's not necessarily wrong here. Uh, in those two words uh, as well. But we'll talk on that. Trust me, it's something that we spent so much on. And finally, these Rico charges are out. Uh, Pooh does give us a score, though. 4-3 Ole Miss in the top of three. Okay, Arkansas coming back, man. Arkansas coming back. Shamichael on YouTube says, Young Thug rented a car that was used in a murder. That It's over for him. ha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did a little bit more than that. But you thung, young thug enthusiasts, let me know if I'm wrong. Maybe I am. Uh, Brian Kelly DeGoat on YouTube says, QB update, recruiting or starting quarterback. We can talk both. We can talk both. I'm prepared for both. Are you? That's the question. Are you prepared for both? Oh, I can hear it now. Jimmy Dale Tripp Jr. That's a name right there, though, boy. Um, But he says, Blake, have you heard anything about our basketball penalty yet? No, I have not. Not anything worth coming out and visibly, or I mean visibly, or actively saying anything. Blaine Smith says, I saw the assistant AD, Stephanie Rimp, is going to Nevada. That she is. Uh, we'll we'll mention that as well. But I'll say this, if I don't get back around to talking about it, you can't pull what Scott Woodward and Stephanie Rimpey just pulled off and not get an athletic director's job. Um, Kim Mulkey talking at length about her and Stephanie Rimp being on the phone and money being an issue, and Stephanie Rimp went on Mars Bart on that ass and made one call, that's all. And Big Daddy Diesel spitting out the fat, uh, the mad stacks of fat cash for women's basketball. But, you know, Will Wade screwing up uh, his relationship with Shaq. See, so, see, some people don't, know, don't talk about that enough. Your biggest basketball booster and you're screwing it up. Pair having ass. But no, oh, go, Will Wade, LGZ, LGZ, I tried to find you on Twitter, dog. I was trying to get you to come in Twitter spaces last night. Couldn't find you. LGZ, you need to come in Twitter spaces. He says we have some big official visits this week. That we do. That we absolutely do. That's for sure. All right, two more, and then we'll get started. Uh, Buster Tanner says, was those, spa uh, was those spaces last night funny or what? Thanks, Ryan. I ain't going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. Ryan, Ryan was... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the Pirate says, do you believe David Bowen is working hard to get talent in Louisiana? I don't know. I know David Bowen, uh, but I don't know. He's got a lot of work he's got to do, though. That's for sure. Uh, that is for damn sure. Okay, let's get this thing started, though. Let's get this thing started, y'all. Uh, Jeff Futch sends us some stars via Facebook. Thank you so much, Jeff. I appreciate the Snapchats, or not Snapchats, snapbacks and tattoos. No, that's not it. Super Chats and stars are open. 
for all of you that like to send it to us. Yes, it does help us advance what it is that we're doing here at AYS Sports Week. Greatly appreciate all those Super Chats and stars from Facebook. But let's get this thing started. Everybody do us a favor by hitting like and share. There's so many of you watching us on Facebook right now, live currently. Do us a favor. Hit the like and share. Share to all those Facebook groups. I know. <laughs> I can see when you come into the uh, to the show. Every time, guys, you come into the show, I see when you come in. And I know for a fact that 4,000 of you a night aren't sharing it. Y'all, all 4,000 of you, you need to share. About 4,000, 3,000 views a, a night. Y'all need to share that for a player. Do us a favor and hit that like and share. If you're listening to us on YouTube, do us a favor. Hit the uh, subscribe and notification bell there as well. Hit the like button. It, it definitely helps us with that algorithm. If you're listening to us on the XM Radio or wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, subscribe there as well. We greatly appreciate it. All right. Pooh Bear. It's time to pay these bills. None better than good friends over at GM Varno and Sons. BetOnline.ag. We'll be back in a minute. Our partners over at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's easy to get started, so head on over to their website. Use BetOnline.ag. Use that promo code BELIEVE. That's B L. E-A-V, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag, betonline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Vardo and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you, and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell them you good friend, Blake Rafino. Sit you on by. Uh, Buster Tanner says, are we going to see Jay Johnson go all Matt McMahon in the portal? Hashtag Ash Blake. Um, look, I'm, I'm trying to get, um, somebody I trust, especially in the baseball community that a lot of people trust and a former Yankees front office guy to join us. But it, I mean, right here around the draft, we'll, we'll try to get Benny on Benny's been, uh, on our show before. Uh, but let me paint a picture from someone in Benny's perspective, someone that's in a front office, lead scout, who's done this for 25-plus years. The way that he explains Jay Johnson's recruiting class, especially with Jack Pineda uh, joining uh, uh, via the transfer portal, guys, basically, it's the baseball equivalent of what Texas A&M did in recruiting. Multiple five stars. Some of those guys, though, unfortunately, won't show up on campus. Campus. Carl Crawford's son, I don't believe, is going to show up on campus. I don't know about Mikey Romero, but Jay's going to hit the portal, though, and I expect us to be a lot better than we were a season ago. Um, look, I said this Saturday, and I said this last week, and some things I and talking about Jay, some things, guys, I just don't, um, I don't really remember saying just because I was so sick last week. But Will Safford, LSU, and and a LSU uh, second baseman went in the portal today. With all due respect to that young man, it's just he's not ready for to be an LSU Tiger. He's just not. The people pushing for him, um, I never really saw it. And I'm not trying to be critical of the young man. I think he could go somewhere and he can play and he can have very productive at-bats. He can be very productive in the field. But it was not... The equip he was just, in my opinion, not ready. Can he take two, three, four more years, maybe to to do some things? Maybe I, I I don't know that. I still think that he's got some talent, he's got some speed. But in reference to Jay Johnson wanting to get to Omaha, wanting to win a national title, now it's just not. He's just not what he's looking for. And you have a guy in Jack Pineda in the Big Twelve, and you could trash the Big Twelve all you want. 
I understand that Texas just went down, but Oklahoma is still rolling. But the Big 12 does have some really good teams in that in that conference. And any team like Texas that gets to Omaha, you can call them a choke job, but they still got to the big dance of those teams in Omaha. You're going to get a guy that hit 300 in that conference. It's a really good feat, and he's going to have some guys in, in front and behind him that will be able to uh, will enable him to get see more fastballs and see better pitching because Baylor, let's call it what it is, was not that great of a team this past season, and Jack Pineda was definitely one of their best players that Jay Johnson uh, just reeled in. So you got you got to admit that what Jay's doing in the in, in the transfer portal and what Jay's going to do. Now I'll tell you this from a staff update, and we talked about this Saturday, but I know it's Father it was Father's Day weekend, guys. Christian Ostrander, the Southern Miss pitching coach. I am not trying to advocate for Jay, nor am I necessarily saying that this is what Jay's going to do. I do know, though, of a couple of pair of guys in this very preliminary, just talking to some individuals that Jay is looking at, some in the SEC, some non in the SEC, some that have a connection with Jay that he's talked to. The way that I understand it, and, and I think – that Jay will, you know, it's kind of coming to pass and something that we talked about Saturday, which was an opinion, but now it's kind of coming to fruition in reference to the staff updates from LSU baseball and coach Jay Johnson is quite honestly, um, I think Jay wants to get done with this recruiting class as quickly as he can, then hire some coaches. But to me, and I will say this, I would go after Christian Ostrander. I know that there are some hurdles that LSU would have to overcome. I think that they can overcome them. That doesn't mean that Jay Johnson misses, though, if Christian Ostrander, a.k.a. Coach Oz or Coach O, as he's known in some circles, doesn't come to LSU. I was not the biggest of fans for Jay, of Jason Kelly, but that's just an opinion. Um, I think you can do a lot better. But the problem with what we saw last year was I don't think Jason Kelly had the horses to get you there where you needed to go. Guys, are you watching this game? Are you watching these games? Are you watching Ben, uh, ben DeLucha? I think his first name's Ben, I believe. But DeLucha from Ole Miss last night or two nights ago, legitimately shoving it for eight innings, 100-plus pitches. Guys, you don't have a guy that can throw 75 pitches without start, starting to get rocked, much less having a guy like Ole Miss does who is going eight-plus innings and really giving his team chance to win. You don't have that guy on your roster right now. Maybe you do with the kid from Creighton, but they just don't. They just don't. And there's going to be some other baseball coaching carousel things that are going to have to take place. Let's see if, if Jay can reel in Coach Oz, if that's his guy. Um, but nevertheless, we will see. We will see. Doug knows says, do you have to go all Matt McMahon when you have the number one recruiting class? And I agree. I agree. I think that Jay, again, as Benny, you know, and he said this in the space, Twitter spaces a couple of nights ago, there's not, a, there's not a lot of individuals around here locally that you can trust their word from a college baseball perspective other than Benny Latino. And calling it like it is, I mean, Jay has done some great things. Um, they were told to do some things. BC 97 says, didn't Texas beat the crap out of LSU in Houston uh, this year? I don't want to say they beat the crap out of them. That was a close game late, but yeah, they did win. So we'll see. Um, Shelton McBride says, any names out there to replace Coach Fitz? Not, not right now. Not that I can share, but um, I know that there's a sentiment that Jay told Jason Kelly and Dan Fitzgerald to look around. I, I, Jason Kelly, yes. Dan Fitzgerald, no. Uh, not necessarily. I don't fully believe that. When you get a head coaching job somewhere, I mean, look, man, come on. Come on. I mean, <laughs> and you're getting it two power five programs. I, I get it's Kansas and I get it's Washington, but still, come on, man. Come on. All right, let's get to a couple of football things, though, before – uh, we get to Carter the Power Bryant. Uh, and I got to get to this Rafino's rant. If you missed it, um, and it's something that, look, guys, we've talked about it nauseam, and I know that I will spend more time on it than most. So if you're ready for Rafino's rants, hit the like button, hit the share, share to all those Facebook groups, subscribe to all that good stuff. But if you missed it, 
This was something that actually happened earlier in the day, but then it wasn't reported until later by Andrea Gallo over at The Advocate. And she says, for those following the never-ending LSU drama, stop right there to Andrea Gallo. I think that she has done some good reporting in this, and I think that she's done some very bad reporting in this. But all of a sudden, she's starting her article and her news breaking by saying, for those following the never-ending LSU drama, well, with all due respect, you were the one banging on the table of this LSU drama, calling people uh, incompetent and covering things up. You, Andrea Gallo, said that people at LSU were covering things up because Sharon Lewis told you that they did. There are things about Sharon Lewis, about her covering things up, which makes her a horrible witness of things LSU-related. Now, what did they cover up? In the past, before NIL, did they cover up uh, things such as paying players underneath the table? Grow up, Peter Pan. Grow up. Because if that's what she's alleging, and if that's what she's saying, then what? However, a federal judge today tossed out all remaining RICO claims from Sharon Lewis. Lewis's lawyers were also facing sanctions in state court, and she gives an update. So I I don't like coming out here and and talking about other people's news articles. Go to The Advocate, subscribe if you like, and read what's going on. Guys, a year ago today, almost, and during the summer a season ago when all this shit kept piling up on LSU and Ed Orgeron, I kept pounding on the table. And I'm not coming here to say, oh, I was telling you, I was right. I really swear on, on everything that I love. I was not. I am not coming here to say I told you so. But due process played out. This is why you have due process and let it play out. Because Sharon Lewis and her attorneys made claim after claim after claim after claim, and a federal judge tossed it. By the way, the federal judge that's over this doesn't have any ties to LSU, really. The federal judge's ties is to Tulane. A booster is not bribing federal judges to cover up something. The bottom line is Sharon Lewis made claims and had zero proof to back it up. So all this BS that LSU's going through, in the media, I'm coming for your ass in just a second. Title IX uh, uh, incidents where there was some proof, and when there was proof, players and coaches alike were kicked off the program. Title IX was an issue, okay? We're waiting for some of those things to continue to play out. And to those victims, we stand with you. If there's a victim that something has happened to them, we hold hands with that victim and we walk side by side for equality. But in reference to Sharon Lewis and in reference to her saying things about Frank Wilson, the LSU's running backs coach and associate head coach, all of a sudden Sharon Lewis wants to run out here and say things about Frank, uh, Frank Wilson just because he's back at LSU. What took you two years? You know, everybody likes to make their own claims and believe what they want to believe. The media pushes a narrative, and you have people from three to six every single day saying, oh, LSU's about to get it. Well, you got to provide proof. Everybody, and, and I am not coming up to the witness stand for Darius Geis. But when you have Gloria Scott out there saying that she spoke with Sharon Lewis and they extorted, attempted to extort LSU and nobody bats an eye. Nobody bats an eye. You throw it under the rug. WBRZ has it. WAFB has it. They played the audio. But we we completely forget about two women at LSU Athletics sitting at the athletic department threatening and trying to get a bribe from LSU officials. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. 
If you're going to look at one part of the stone, you better turn it over and look at the other part. No witnesses in the Darius Guy's glorious Scott thing. A Superdome filled with 50,000 people and not one witness. I'm not saying Gloria Scott is lying, but it's very tough for me, and especially Sharon Lewis, when they're asking Verge Allsbury and Miriam Seeger for hundreds of thousands of dollars or for a kid not to play in the bowl game when he's about to go and get drafted and LSU's playing Louisville and he's truck-sticking dudes. I don't believe Darius Geis. Believe what you want to believe about him. This is not to stick up for him. Right is right and wrong is wrong. Right is right and wrong is wrong. And to the media core out there, Carter Bryan in three minutes. To the media core out there. Guys, this isn't going to be widely reported on. This isn't going to get national news like it did during 2020 COVID. Remember in 2020 when the only thing that we could talk about was three horrible things. One of them, Orgeron completely screwed up. But you remember the big three. The main one, the main one was Sharon Lewis. And you wanted to run out here and believe the USA Today, after they've had multiple claims, multiple times where they had to redact stories about LSU, and you wonder where this is coming from. To the USA Today, I call for your head. I call for a redaction. I call for a public apology. Because you believed in a witness. You believed without investigating things about LSU and a federal judge in federal court threw it out. But yet you have no ramifications because you can say whatever in the hell you want and nothing happens. How is that how is that even remotely right? Because some bimbo on Twitter said so? Twitter's not a real place. It it, it never ceases to amaze me. But nobody wants to talk about that though. Sharon Lewis probably has skeletons in her closet that she knows about LSU. Why didn't you come out with them now? I'll tell you why she didn't come out with them. Because she started to implicate herself in that federal court the other day, about three weeks ago, when telling what she was doing illegally in recruiting. And then she couldn't provide proof. So excuse the Rudy Pooh out of me for wanting a redaction and an apology from the USA Today. I employ all of you, and Carter's coming up in a minute. I employ all of you to take to Twitter to the 15,000 on average people that we let listen to our show every single night. I implore all of you to ask the USA Today for a redaction. I beg you and plead you to take that same mob-like mentality that everybody likes to have on social media and Twitter, and when something actually is right for a goddamn change, you take to Twitter and you tell them you were wrong because they believed a witness and got no evidence from anybody else. On cases that were he said, she said. Frank, Li- Frank Lisson, apparently, per Sharon Lewis, looked at her rear end. Prove it. Any of you ladies, I'm sorry, but you can't look at my rear end. I'm happily married. All right. We'll get to these comments in a minute, but we got to get to Carter, Carter Bryant. Seems like he's already in the building. I wonder what he's got to say. Uh, you know what, Carter? Because Carter's coming up now. My first question, does the USA Today deserve to redact what they said? Carter Bryant, in about a minute, let's talk about our good friends over at Graham Cohen, my good friend Carol Foss over at State Farm. Guys, I've got to talk to you about our good friends over at Gramco. They are the Delta company based out of the state of Florida. They're founded by college football junkies just like you and I, and I am not sure 
if you're familiar with Delta 8, but you need to be. Gramco is the absolute leader in this field, and they have phenomenal products that I just need to tell you about. First off is the Wake and Bake Coffee that is absolutely spectacular. The gummies are as well as they're the best in the market. So go to thegramco.com right now and use the promo code AYS25. That's thegramco.com, AYS25 promo code to get 25% off of your order. Jump on this fast as it is perfect for holidays, anniversaries, and everyday use. Gramco is hemp-derived and completely legal inside of the state of Louisiana. No medical card is needed and shipping is very discreet. You must be 21 years older to order. Again, that's thegramco.com. Use that promo code AYS25. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with a great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there and individual premiums will vary by customer, all applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. We're back! Ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the legend himself, the man with the master plan, Carter Bryant. Are you wearing a Christmas shirt? I am. I'm wearing a, a Larry David. <laughs> Have yourself a pretty, pretty, pretty good Christmas. Huh? All huh? right, so huh? it's about to be July. Like, dog, or, my dog, are you, like, legitimately ready for Christmas? Is that what's going on here? I am because I actually <laughs> went on a run today, and I look like a deformed walrus out there on those roads. <laughs> and it is it is amazing, like, how much you lose it once you get to your mid-30s. You have nothing left in the tank after just a few miles. So I, uh, first off, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I'm glad you're in better health. Thank you. Look you. Thank absolutely you. fantastic, man. <laughs> hey, I, I was scaring the shit out of you, wasn't I? I was like, Carter, this is worse than 2012 in January, man. It was, though. Dude, dude, you, uh, I, I could just hear it, right? Because I was... Because, you know, you and I talk like two or three times a week on the phone. We text pretty much every day. I was like, man, just call me if you want to just talk ball, whatever. He's like, dude, I could barely breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I just oh, got done with some very physical activities, Carter. I, I Yeah. Uh, breathing <laughs> when you have that could be very physical. And it's funny, like. Like, I mean, it's not funny, but it's crazy now that, like, so many people are getting it again and again and again. So that's always a good thing, man. And, uh, yeah, I'm sorry for my anti-walrus comment. Big Game Boomer. Is in the, the building. Is dude, in the building. The, the, the list maker is here. Yes, I, I love it, man. Hey, the the one most thing obscure. One most, thing he does, he gets college football riled up on a random-ass Tuesday. And his his rankings are scientific. People don't understand. Like it's like an Albert Einstein E equals M C square, <laughs> Michael Caine on Inception oh, chalkboard stop, equations. Stop. That his 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 it gets down to a science. But look, say hi to Chris and our girl Danny is making a cross country trip back to Georgia. Shout out okay. to you. Please tell Darren Reed to commit to LSU. We need some defensive linemen after. You know, this next crop goes to the NFL. But, Blake, how, how are you, man? How's the show been going? Going good, but MTNPK R0918, the most Star Wars name of all time, just said, don't insult walruses like that. So, I don't. <laughs> well, I mean, look, uh, a walrus could run a faster 40 than me right now. That's all I got to say. Jesus. But, Jesus. But, all right. But, yeah. Well, I got to ask you because, look, you've been in the media for a long time. And. Um, look, I, I'll, I'll hold no bones about myself, but I did not learn and grow up or, or, or get training before I started this podcast, right? I, I turn on the camera. I've learned a lot, and you have been a guide for me in this process. I am calling with today's news from Sharon Lewis. 
and I know that you don't like talking about this kind of stuff, but I think it's very relevant for LSU athletics. But the case just got dropped, and not only dropped but thrown out. Am I crazy to believe that the USA Today deserves to maybe not an I say an apology, but a redaction about some of the claims that they made it against LSU? Am I going crazy? Uh, no. I mean, look. I haven't had a chance to read that. Like, it just broke, right? That, uh, the, about that... 45 minutes ago, yeah. So I, I haven't been able to actually even read the story. What was it? Um, I, I see, Carter, I see the tw- was, in, in a nutshell, she could provide zero evidence. Right. So I, I'll, I will say this, and this is someone that's actually a lawyer that actually is in the LSU media sphere. And I reached out to him about it. I'm, I'm not going to reveal his name, but because uh, he doesn't really do much LSU media stuff. So I reached out to him and he knows a lot more about like cases such as this one. And he said that the Sharon Lewis situation was one of the most bizarre things he's ever seen. Mm-hmm. As far as like uh, the, the, the actual lawsuits that were happening surrounding her. And I was like, why is that? He was like, well, there's just a lot there. And she's still, you know, at the time still working for the university. So, you know, there, there was a lot of bizarre aspects of it. So once again, I haven't been able to read, you know, what just came out, but if everything is dropped, I I'm not like just totally shocked, but I'm not like as well versed. You've been covering it a lot closer than I have. I'm not as well versed as like what just was said or broken by, whoever actually wrote the story. I'm looking now. Let's see. Uh, yeah, so I, I just I just don't know as much as you as far as like what happened because I was running before I actually came here, so I'm sorry. Basically, in a nutshell, we'll move on. The claims that the USA Today made with Sharon Lewis got dropped, all of them. Interesting. Like, And not only dropped, but thrown out, which is a huge difference if you talk to any attorney that – not only are they not are they not uh, uh, dropping them, they're not even allowing them in the courtroom. That's crazy. So that is wild. But yeah, so as far as like that guy's opinion, um, he's he said Carter, this isn't going to go anywhere, and <laughs> I trusted him from the get go. And you know, it's it, it is what it is. Now, obviously, there's other stories around that time period uh, that still have yet to get sorted out. But this was uh, pretty crazy. That is pretty wild that all that happened. All right, so now let's get on the field because it's where I want to spend most of my time with you, Carter. I want to talk quarterbacks. Yeah, let's do it. Um, Jaden uh, Daniels goes out there, uh, goes out to California, starts working out with the Palmers. Joe Burrow, before minicamp start, is out there with him. Garrett Nussmeyer is with Trent Dilford and the boys at the Elite 11, and now Miles Brennan is going to the Manny Passing Academy. A lot of people ask me today for whatever reason, how much stock do I buy in for Miles Brennan going to work out for the Mannings? I have zero. I put zero stock into it. I think, but it does say something, though, of one quarterback that LSU will have. Miles Brennan is the one. But I think that there are some different things there. To start yeah. off here with the quarterbacks, uh, is that a sign of anything that LSU is kind of putting forth Miles Brennan to go to the Manning Passing Academy? No, not really. I mean, all three of them are, are working out. Right. And I think, you know, for me, as far as the quarterback battle was concerned, all we really know is Garrett Nussmeyer helped himself out more than the other guys. Right. Because he wasn't in the rational conversation to start when Jaden Daniels transferred. There were a lot of LSU bloggers and YouTubers and whatnot that said Garrett Nussmeyer is for sure going to transfer. He is he is for sure out of there. He's never going to see a down. And all this kid did was put his head down and really ball out for the most part during spring. Got to give it to him. There, give there's it to no him. other way around it. Like, mm-hmm. yes, the spring game, I have some skepticisms about his performance, but he Agreed. was the best quarterback in that game. So just because Miles Brennan is going to the passing academy that is more local and more known, just based on intel that I've received, Jane Daniels is putting in work, and Garrett Nussmeyer is also putting in work to potentially be the guy. So I, I think all three of them still have a very good shot of being the guy when it comes to it. And I'm going to just reiterate what I said last time I was on here. 
for some weird reason in my gut, I think Miles Brennan's going to be the guy that trots out there day one. That's not who I would personally prefer, but for some reason, just in my gut, it's just telling me Miles is going to be that guy. Okay, expound on that. Why do you? Why does your gut t- tell you that? I have no, I have no idea why, Blake. Other than this is his final year, and the fact that Jaden has a little bit more flexibility, and this is Miles' final go. He has one year to play one. I, I just think for some reason he's going to be that guy. Now, I have no personal intel. Everyone tells you this is still going to be a three-horse race going into next year. I thought what Kayshawn said about Garrett Nussmeyer was very fascinating and how the question was asked to Kayshawn. The fact that he shared what he shared about Garrett Nussmeyer really told me a lot about how not only Kayshawn, but a lot of people feel about Garrett Nussmeyer. There are a lot of players that love this guy. Not really a shock. All I ask people to do is just go rewatch the last couple of spring games and just watch, you know, full games. And you'll see so many times Garrett Nussmeyer cheering up his teammates, patting them on the back. He's got the locker room now. Kids like him. Yes, he is very involved, even when he wasn't playing. And I understand there's a lot of us that have a lot of strong opinions of how that bowl situation played out. I still believe he should have played, but that's in the past, right? Outside of of that, which I still don't think that really angered anyone that truly matters in that that locker room, he's loved. He is truly universally loved. I've had players tell me that personally. And, uh, you know, I, I, I doubt that, that is not the case. Now, it's not to say the other quarterbacks aren't, but it is very interesting how many times I've been just given it, told that Garrett Nussmeyer has this kind of swagger and intangibles about him. All three quarterbacks, and I'm going to exclude Walker, Walker Howard for a moment, all three of them scare the bejesus out of me in one specific area. Now, none of them are yeah. the same. None of them are the same. I worry about Jaden Daniels' intermediate passing game, okay? Like, I, I legitimately worry about it. Do I think it, his issues are easier to clean up at the current moment? Yes. I think that considering we've seen guys like Lamar who are more of a runner at times do what Lamar's done, I think from a throwing aspect, those things are easier Compared to the other two, number one, Miles Brennan, the injury history, Carter, it worries the bejesus out of me. Can he take a hit? He's a little immobile, actually a lot of immobile at times. Can he make quick decisions? Can he just get the ball out to the flat and get seven? Or does he have? To, does he want to hit the big play every time? And then Garrett Nussmeyer. Uh, Carter, when I was watching the spring games over again when I had COVID last week, there were four throws, and I'm going to include – the Jeray Jenkins drop, okay? There's no reason he should have made that throw in man-to-man coverage, okay? Jay Ward breaks off of that because he's reading Garrett Nussmeyer's eyes, and which, quite honestly, Carter, worries me because there were three other times that balls should have been intercepted that were dropped. Now, I get the woulda, coulda, shoulda game. I don't know where, I don't know where Brian Kelly goes from here, and I think it is a three-person race. However... In this scenario, what does – because you dive deeper into the analytics than I do. Historically, though, what quarterback normally trots out there, if that makes sense? Yeah, the, and, and, and honestly, it's it's Jaden, right, because he's the most experienced. Normally, the more experienced quarterbacks are the ones that play, right? That's – you know, it, it's just true. He is far more experienced than Miles Brennan. And I know a lot of people say, well, that wasn't in the SEC. Well – Jaden played tougher defenses than Miles played when he actually started. Right? Well, he. I try now, to tell people that Carter, but people. Yeah, yeah. Me. I mean, I mean, and plus he's just far more experienced. You have three years of starters' experience versus three games of starters' experience. So that's to me goes a long way, especially if you're just trying to trot out there and find a way to win game one. Jaden Daniels is probably going to be the most comfortable when it comes to just being that guy now that's not to say Garrett Nussmeyer wouldn't just be comfortable day one it also doesn't say the same thing about Miles Brennan as well but I I go back to this about Jaden Daniels 
a lot of things began to disintegrate for him mechanically when their season was lost. And I cannot say this enough. Stephen Godfrey just wrote about this recently. He is very well connected. Um, Arizona State is a dumpster fire. It's a dumpster fire of a program. Herm really set that thing on fire with the violations. I have to say, as far as off-field chaos, and a lot of this is on Jaden. He'd probably tell you this as well. He missed a lot of open throws. He had you know, a really bad game versus USC. They were still able to win it, but there was a lot of mechanically uh, – and, and Tim probably knows this. He watched a USC game. Uh, Arizona State was still able to win, but Daniels played bad, and they were at home. And there was a lot of things against the Oregon State game towards the end for Jaden Daniels. But what was really fascinating, Blake, was when they were still a one-loss team, he played fine. Didn't turn the football over. Did he have a few mechanical issues in those games? Yes. But a lot of it happened to be his offense alignment committing a false start penalty. Or they would commit a holding penalty on a drive when they would get things going. They shot themselves in the foot more than any other team. And that's not a whole lot what Jaden, there's not a whole lot Jaden could really do about that if you're, you know, driving down the field and well, there's another holding call. Then it's first and 20. You take a sack. Now it's second and 30. There was a lot of that last year with him. So 50%, I would say, is on him, but 50% was on his circumstances. And that's the thing Brian Kelly's teams don't shoot themselves in the foot. They just don't do it. That has been a consistent trait, and why he's won a lot of games at Notre Dame is that his teams have done a lot to not lose him, if that makes sense. If that's the case, if that's the case, then I think it's Miles, okay? Because there were thousands of times during the spring when Brian – let me not break news, but break news. There were practices where they were yelling at Miles to let it rip. Okay, I think that there were a lot of times where there he was too conservative. Like, hey, I I'm, I can win the job by throwing it to Kate. I'm hypothetically to throwing it to Brian Thomas or Kayshawn and getting away with it. Because and, and look, he threw it to the backs most out of the backfield than anybody. Carter, he was not. He, I think he was six yards per 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 attempt in that spring game, which. Quite honestly, dink and dunk, and I didn't want to see that. I would wanted to see him rip it downfield because you had a lot to go. But if that's the case, then I think Miles can make a case, but we'll see. Let me ask you this, though. I think that the running game, and we continue to talk running backs. Let's do it. I love it. Carter, the more and more I look into it, there's two big things that I think that LSU fans better prepare themselves for. I think this offensive line, listen to me. I think this offensive line could be top three in the SEC. Not based off of talent, based off of schematics. Carter, they do- in that sec in that in the middle of the second quarter, they dominated that defensive line. Oh well, they Blake, did. the defensive line was got winded. Well, what the shit did the offense? What have I've never right? I never <laughs> understood that argument. Well, the offensive line can't get can't get tired. Who says who? I'm still fat as a walrus too. That don't mean that I don't get you know. So uh, let me ask uh, you this: From what you saw in the domination up front, especially as the game went on, everybody looks at the sacks. I'm looking at the running game, Carter. I mean, have you seen the offensive line at LSU be that physical in a while? Yeah. Look, all next week we're we're doing running back week next week, and every video is going to be about running backs, right? I went and I looked at every carry that Armani Goodwin's had in his LSU career, including the spring game. He had a lot of improvements just watching in that spring game. Obviously, I, I've shared this, you know, once again, I think a few weeks ago on your channel. John Emery is going to be fine. He it, Every historical data point in the modern era proves of John Emery being, at the very least, a good back. If not, that would be one of the most mind-blowing non-factors in the history of LSU recruiting. He's going to be okay, right? But every analytic deep dive that has tackled this subject at the NFL, um, and I, I think this is kind of true in college, probably not so much in the NFL, though, 
the blockers in your scheme is always more important than the running back. It always has been. It always will be. But we grew up thinking it was the running back that was gaining all the yards, which he was. But a lot more of it is on your offensive line and on your scheme. What's going to be very interesting, Blake, is last year Cincinnati was a team that didn't use play action a lot. They did some RPO stuff, but their play action percentage was actually a little bit lower relative to a lot of schools. The only that he had was Spider 2Y Banana. Continue. Yeah. So what's going to be interesting is how much play action is LSU going to use last year. As mediocre I think Max Johnson is, I do think they put too much on his plate. I do think play action is going to be used potentially more next year. And Cincinnati last year just, once again, didn't use play action a whole lot. And what's really fascinating is play action still works when the running game isn't good. Now, it works better if you have a good running game. But play action fakes still work if you don't have a a running game. So what I think you'll see a lot more of next year with the LSU offense is play action, is RPOs, is more half-field read kind of stuff. Uh, Because whichever the quarterback is going to be, none of them is a proven commodity, and they want to make things as easy as they possibly can, not only for the quarterback, but for the offensive line. You know, when you were talking about Jaden Daniels earlier, uh, I almost interrupted you, but I didn't. I was going to say, because you talk about Herm, uh, the dumpster fire at Arizona State, and Guys leaving, guys injured, guys making uh, boneheaded decisions. And I'm like, damn, that sounds like LSU. (laughs) 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 I mean, who are you talking about? Arizona State and Jane Daniels? You're talking about Max Johnson and LSU. Uh, But I digress. Carter, then that, then that, okay, and this is why this is so difficult. If they're trying to do that, then Miles is fourth on the depth chart. Okay, because in today's society, a play action isn't always a play action. Okay, it's not like, you know, NCAA 14 where you're going to I formation and you got literally Spider 2 Y banana, but it's going to gear to Garrett or Jaden. I don't, for whatever it is, and maybe you can talk me off the ledge here, are we a quarterback away from a New Year's Six Bowl? Like, that's what most people tend to believe uh, because you do have the pieces. But, Carter, I got to say this. Then I flip over to the other side. (laughs) Where's the production? You can only throw it to Kayshawn so many times. Okay? Emmanuel Forbes. So, did you see the Kayshawn Booty thing today? Uh, When Emmanuel Forbes from Mississippi State was lined up against Kayshawn Booty, he didn't have a catch. So yeah, yeah, a good corner, yeah. Right. So good player. you can only throw it to that man so many times. I it's kind of like I feel like it's either hit or everything or nothing with this team a little bit, right? Like they yeah. have so much talent. Are they gonna be good? Are they gonna live up to the talent or are are they not? Yeah, so look, I, I'm a little bit higher on on Jack Besh. I, I think he's really special. I really do. Like I think he's low key some all SEC potential. Uh, just a lot of what he did last year, not only as a receiver but as a blocker, I think he's going to take another step. I don't think he hit a ceiling. I really don't. I think he's going to have uh, a bigger year, and obviously you know, Brian Kelly is is um, really high on Jack Besh. I, I believe he recruited him you know, when he was in high school. So I, I, I'm a big Jack Besh believer. And, look, I, I know we haven't talked a whole lot about the defensive side of the football. What I think one thing we haven't – talked a whole lot about Blake and we did actually let's talk win, about it. Yeah. When, when Matt house was hired is these games are going to get chaotic. You're going to be playing this year. A lot of teams that play really, really, really fast. This is going to be, and I know as LSU fans, we're so used to these long drawn out CBS 26 minute commercial break kind of games. All right. And we're so, conditioned to those kind of slug them out, drag them out kind of games. I think LSU is going to play a lot of teams this year that play at hyper speed. You're going to play Tennessee this year. They play really fast. Mississippi State, Bama. Mississippi State, Bama, Ole Miss last year. All three of them were top 15 in all of college football when it comes to plays per game. So 
You look at Matt House historically, defensively as a defensive coordinator, he played with slower-paced offensive coordinators. And Mike Dimbrock in Cincinnati, uh, they, they played at a slower play-per-game pace as well. So that's going to be something that's going to be so fascinating next year as an LSU football fan because you're going to you're also going to play some slower pro style kind of teams. I know Billy Napier is going to want to slow it down at Florida. Just how different a lot of these teams play is going to be very key for not only LSU but just the entire SEC because there's so many good quarterbacks and offenses. Are you worried about the defense? A little. I mean, look, where at all three levels, honestly. Like, look, the secondary, I'm I'm actually the most comfortable about the secondary right now. Hey-o. I really am. Yeah, I really am. Uh, the defensive line is obviously really, really good. You have three first-rounders on that defensive line, right? If you include the Jack linebacker, Ojolari, Mason Smith, Ali Gay. Um, well, no, excuse me, Mason Smith, Jaquelin Roy. And Ali Gay has obviously first-round traits. I do think kind of what you mentioned a minute ago, Blake, uh, the run fits, run fitting. It's different run fitting in a 3-4 than it is a 4-3. And now with how well running backs read or pulling guards and counter, how you play your run fits is so key, right? We tend to think, okay, perfect example. Now, this is a very extreme example because we're, I'm about to say and talk about the greatest defensive line of all time, which was Georgia's last year. Make a strong case, best defensive line ever. 03 LSU, 2016 Bama, 2018 Clemson. Those would be the other three. But Georgia, I mean, just look at the draft. I mean, they were amazing. <laughs> they, they, they weren't penetrators. They played together. They played Correct. their role. They they were all high IQ, really well-coached football players, right? What's going to be different next year, and LSU has that as well, right? Every defensive lineman interviews well. They're all awesome when it comes to that. But – under Ed Orgeron, the defensive line was taught to shoot gaps, try your best to get in the backfield, and make as many tackles for loss as you possibly can. In a 3-4, it's a little bit different. And obviously, it comes down to how your coach, if you're being taught to, or if you're being told to shoot gaps or whatnot, it is a little bit different now with, with run fitting. And if you want to play more too high shell, your front has to play together more often or than you're not. You're going to be in deep trouble. Yes, because they're just going to gash you, right? Mm-hmm. We tend to think of Lane Kiffin as this passing offense. No, they they, they run you to death, right? Correct. They, 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 they gash you in the running game. That was how they won a lot of their football games last year. So that's going to be different as well. Not necessarily that the defensive line isn't talented. LSU's probably got the best defensive line in the SEC, not named Bama at this point. It's how you play that's going to be very different because it's – a lot more mental defensive line play now because these running backs are so good at cutting back now. These running schemes are so sophisticated now that you have to really play together. Go back and watch Georgia. They th- That defensive line was so good at just playing together. Now, they were special, otherworldly talents everywhere, but they played as a team. And it takes a while to build that chemistry in your run fits up front, and then that gets into the linebackers. Mike Jones and Greg Penn had really good spring games. They really work well together. That's probably going to be your starting linebacker core next year. And guess what? They're AYS guests, so I'm going to show them some love as well. Um, damn right they are. But it, that it makes their jobs a lot easier if the guys up front are playing together. And I think with Tank, Mason, Jacobian, all the, uh, well, Tank, Mason, Jaqueline and everyone up front, they definitely have the bodies to do it. It just takes a while to get used to compared to games last year where you were told, hey, just run upfield, run yourself out of the play. Doesn't matter where you go, and that's where UCLA killed us. That's where, obviously, Ole Miss destroyed us. And we lost games because of that very concept. Kentucky is another example of that. Yeah, and I'm worried about them in the interior a little. A little, a little. That's not me saying that they aren't talented obviously jamar no they are but carter but i mean Traymon shorts and 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 um miles frazier and for god bless his soul charles turner have no business whatsoever when you carter i get you're in a base defense i i i get it 
Yeah, yeah. There's no reason to give up 307 rushing yards. Zero. I don't give two shits that it's a spring game. Now, right. can they fix it? Did you get it out of your system? Were you trying to play whatever? Fine. We'll find out against Florida State, but it, def- it definitely worries me. I want One last thing I want to get, and then I'll get yeah, you out of here. Um, you said DBs um, were, the, were the unit that doesn't work, that worries you the least. I'll say this. I've come around on that. Um, I was very skeptical of them, um, especially before Seven Banks got here. Okay, I think Seven yeah. Banks with when healthy, obviously Per Kuiper and McShay agree a top twenty-five player in next year's draft. Um, Carter, you just got so many old guys on that in that DB room. Uh, Fouché, Brooks, uh, Bernard Converse, Banks, Ward. Uh, 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 did I say Fouché? whatever books. So you got six seniors that will be starting or rotating in starting Carter, That's a lot of experience, dog. I, I yeah. mean, that gets me more than their talent alone, but what, what sells it for you in the DB room? Yeah. Uh, there, there are a lot of guys that have played a lot of football, right? Um, shout out to golden boot. I listened to the tank gallery yeah. interview. It was really Great good interview. I, 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 I can't Pooh wait to see killed it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I want, I want, uh, I want everyone to know that I still like the LSU defensive line. But you know, you, you saw them in the spring game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there, there were some concerns, and Rick makes a good point as well. It's the quality depth that's very key. Agree. And that, 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 that kind of ties into defensive back as well, right? Look at the last couple of years. LSU's defensive back room has been the most injured room in out of any position God. group, right? So the most important thing as a defensive back is not get beat deep. And if you do that, you are going to be just fine, right? The issue was LSU got beat deep a lot. Now, a lot of it had to do with the most basic, simple coverage concepts that still blow my mind to this day. But um, – and and Rick brought this up uh, on a stream, I think on your channel or my channel, I don't know. But Jay Ward had a really good spring game. He had a really good spring, right? This was a guy who was an abysmal tackler last year. He pitched a shutout. In, in the spring game. And what's very interesting, Blake, is there were a lot of opportunities for receivers and running backs to make a miss, and they didn't. They didn't. They, I mean, it was wide open space, and Ward brought them down every time. And these aren't slouches. slouches. These were scholarship guys that mm. should be making defenders miss in the open field. So I don't know if I'm more concerned about the ball carry or if I'm more concerned about Jay Ward. Uh, you know, maybe that that's just – smoke and mirrors but if jay ward plays like that that's really good right and that's bodes really well for the lsu secondary i i'll end it i'll hear end it with this one. Oh, not that one uh i our I, lgz says i think our tackling and physicality will be better this year and i think that that's key and and look uh, <laughs> mike jones jr greg penn chris hilton seven banks all agree that jay ward is the biggest trash talker that they've ever been around Oh, interesting. But, but you gotta like back that. you gotta back that up when you're talking that ish now. And one more thing is sometimes he would get caught up in the emotion of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Kansas State, that was the case. And you know, just make the simple play. You don't have to hit the home run, right? Florida Hail Mary, Jay Ward went for the interception. Just knock it down, right? It's those little things, right? right? If you and and that's the thing. Brian Kelly. It, it, there's a lot of you know things that Brian Kelly is not the absolute best at. He is one of the absolute best at doing little things that don't kill your football team and lose you games. That's why he's won all these games in a row as a favorite. Now, unfortunately for LSU fans, there's a lot of games where LSU will not be favored. But if you don't kill yourselves, it's a, it's amazing. Um, uh, the the tiny little mistakes, Blake. It's amazing those tiny little errors. Even last year, LSU, when we were giving up a gazillion yards, one or two small little mental mistakes lost LSU some of those football games over the past couple of seasons. So getting those little things right are going to be so key for the Tigers next year. I can, We can continue to go on and on and on and on. Oh, Bama's, let's go. Bama's the biggest. We got the Golden Boot pod at 8-15. So, oh, let's do it, Golden Boot. Yeah, so the whole crew. I like that they did the Father's Day shout outs. That was good. Shout out to all the dads. Shout out to you. Thank you. Blake. Thank Super you. dad. Dad, stepdads, granddads, great granddads. Shout out to all of you. Keep doing your thing. Um, 
Ben woke up yesterday morning and he said, Daddy, Daddy. And I said, yeah, buddy. He goes, can you listen to this song for me? It's what I want to live my life motto by. I was like, okay, buddy. And I hear, I start hearing the jingle. I know it's a little Wayne song. It's like, and I be stunting like my daddy. And he's sitting in the corner <laughs> and he's, and I'm like, it's the proudest moment I've ever had in my life. Stunting like my daddy. <laughs> I digress. Carter. We'll see you next week, dog. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. let's go. I'm about hey, to eat some bill. LSU. When are you going live again? I'm going live tomorrow night. I, I actually, the deep snapper, Slade Roy, okay. will be joining you uh, uh, tomorrow tomorrow night at, at 8 Central. I, I like that he, you know, what's, you know what's making a comeback? Those snowboard goggles. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh, Johnny Tsunami. Yeah, so if you go look at the 2023 like top 100 recruits, there's like three players yes. whose like two four seven profile is the like snowboard goggles. I want some. Yeah, and and shout out to the Shreveport Card Show. Uh, I I got stopped a bunch there. I got stopped by an AYS viewer. Oh. So that's obviously that's obviously pretty good. But this is what's really fascinating, Blake, about those uh, the snowboard goggles. I don't think I could rock it, man. I, I I it's just not my style. I don't know. I don't know I if I could ever rock it. But um. But yeah, Blake, I appreciate you, man. As always, Boom. much love to you, brother. We'll talk to you next week. Let's go. That's Carter, the power, Bryant. Oh, dude, dude's fantastic, bro. <laughs> dude is just fantastic. I don't think that there's any – I don't listen to anybody really else other than Carter, if I'm being honest. And the Golden Boot. And the Golden Boot. I listen to Ant and Pooh Bear. Uh, anywho, anywho, speaking of them, speaking of them, uh, they're doing their show at 8.15. So we're gonna cut ours a little bit short so they can get in here and they can uh they can start chirping it up and, and they can start doing their thing. We will get to um some of these other things. Uh we got the college football up or college baseball update. We'll get to those. Um Thursday we got some big news. Hopefully myself and Matt Trent. We are attending or we will we're planning on being at LSU football ops on Thursday. Let me say this. Your boy's moving up in the world. COVID gave me a different perspective. So be on the lookout for it. All right, guys. We'll see y'all soon. Y'all have a good night. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.